Welcome to the Axis Performance Podcast. This podcast was originally designed to really have conversations with people in the sports science and strength conditioning industry. Uh, Here you'll hear people's stories on how they got to where they got in the industry, athletes talking about triumphs and battles they've had, and then a whole heap of banter. The whole podcast is 100% unscripted, nothing's pre-planned, so I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to another edition of the Axis Performance Podcast. We're here with Mitchell Greaves, musculoskeletal extraordinaire, exercise physiologist. Welcome, Mitch. Jeez, what a title! What yeah. an intro. I know. Can, you put all them on, can you put that after your? Your Certainly email hope so. Signature? Certainly hope so. That's right. It's my uh, it's my first time. Please please go gently. Yeah, of course. Um, so we're lucky enough to have Mitch one day a week to primarily look after our return to sport um, athletes that come through and some general musk work cover things like that as well. So without going into the EP stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself. What you know? What do you do outside of work and? things like that yeah um so play footy um down at knox so this side of town as well um currently living out in uh out in point cook which cool. is very very far away some call narry warren the point cook of the southeast <laughs> <laughs> um fair <laughs> apart from that um like spending time with the family um little brother he's um he's playing footy with me with me as well and uh yeah into my, into my gigs, going to gigs and uh, like good food, good coffee. Um, are you the least talented sibling in the family? Easily. Easily? By, by far, by a country mile. So yeah. your brother's overtaken you in the footy stakes? He had one good year. So he claims it already. Okay. And then the sister beats both of us. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. Where's sister play? Sister plays basketball? Up in Sydney. Yep. So she's, uh, she's been up there for three or four years now with the Sydney Uni Flames. Lovely. Um, yeah, cemented her, her spot as a, as a genuine role player up there. Set screens for a living, so... Oh, God. She'll love me saying that. Some lovely, uh, just family love there. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so your main place of uh, where you practice out of is Melbourne Fitness Performance. Tell us a little bit about what you do there and the team you've got. Yeah, um, so Mike Crichton... Um, Michael I first met him at Vic Uni um, when I was doing my undergrad and he was taking the resistance training unit um, and then decided I wanted a little bit more experience in the S&C field um, to help with my PT and then going into the Masters of EP so I went and trained with him for a little bit at GW Performance when he was working there um, and then sort of kept in touch and then down the line, he was like, hey, mate, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about opening a, opening a place out in West Footscray. Are you keen to join? And so I jumped on board. So we've been open for probably, I think, 19, coming up on 20 months now. Um, fuck, it was a slow first six to eight months being the area we're in. But now it's um, we're well and truly on our feet. And, and yeah, all, all go out there at the moment. So we've um, got some good partnerships with a tennis academy out there. Um, Mitz, Melbourne International Tennis School. So getting plenty of um, young tennis athletes out there, which is really cool. 
good fun to work with. Um, and then other SNC stuff, we get some fighters, some runners, and all that sort of stuff as well, alongside uh, just yeah general strength and fitness class as well. So yeah, yeah nice good yeah. times. If you uh, don't follow them on Insta, get on board. Lots of good stuff. Not all serious as well, which is good. Uh, you know, there's some Instagram profiles that are like, oh, <laughs> quads, hamstring, blah, blah, blah. And it's a little bit boring. Nah, you got to have some fun on there, yeah, that's for sure. 100%. Yeah, I'd follow the story if you're, if you're keen on that side yeah. of things, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so how many coaches out there? So yourself, Mike? Yeah, so Mike, Mike obviously runs the business um, and then sort of dabbles within both streams that we have there, the group strength and fitness and then the S and C side of things. Um, I run all the, the rehab, so that's probably where 60 to 70% of my time goes, um, whether that's referrals coming in or, or people within the facility. Um, and then we got Pascal Butler out there as well, who's group strength and fitness and S and C. Um, and then Ryan Plavin, who's just joined the team as well. Um, and he's got a tennis coaching background. Which uh, obviously ties in nicely with our with our relationship with all the um, young tennis athletes coming through. So yeah, we've got a good team out there, and then we've got oh, I can't I can't forget to mention Christy Christy as well. She runs a little bit of PT out of there. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So being um, exercise physiologist, um, when you usually say that in the industry, people think diabetes, obesity, heart disease, high cholesterol. Um, obviously, all the fun stuff. All the, yeah, all the fun stuff. All the lifestyle and metabolic disorders, <laughs> but you do not touch that. Nah. How? Handball. How do you? How do you find working in sort of the musk and return to sport field, where EP probably isn't thought as the dominant force in that? You're more your physio, osteo, chiro, all the O's, myo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe I should change it. Yeah. I thought about putting an exercise physio on my card. It might get me a little bit more business. Yeah, you might get your suit as well. <laughs> APA probably won't like that. Um, so, yeah, tell us about sort of, you know, I'm sure there's probably been a few struggles early on, but about some of the triumphs and stuff and just how you've sort of navigated your way through to, to where you are. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's sort of a, a little bit of a, a black hole in the private, private sector because one once people sort of get past that acute to mid stage with you know whoever's taking care of them at that time it's sort of like well I'm kind of back playing sport and I don't really have any pain why would I pay for any any more service um and so yeah people sort of drop away um and don't get through that sort of mid to end stage and return to performance so I see it as a, as a massive space in which EPs, physios, whoever decides to sort of take control of that area, um, yeah, can really can really set the private world up for um, what I call really return to return to performance in the private setting. Um, I think EPs are really well set up for it, um, but it's just whether people want to sort of wander into that that space and and are willing to do the hard yards to yeah to. Not drum up some business, but set up the appropriate pathways within within their systems to to really make the most of it. Um, yeah, but I love it. It's uh, early on; it was tough, um, and all the referrals I did get were for sort of the you know the classics: persistent low back pain, um, weight loss, all that side of things as an EP. Um, but I think once you hunt down some really good professionals and yes I'm talking about physios there's some really really good ones out there um, 
once you sort of establish a really good network and they see what you do, yes, it takes some time, but then they really start to respect what you do as an EP, S&C, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it all sort of like snowballs from there. Lovely. Do you find that having an interest or a background in, you know, your, just your traditional S&C for people trying to improve performance or uh, might have had injuries in the past and no pain, do you find that sort of helps along the way with being able to, you know, prescribe the appropriate interventions and whatnot? You want to open this can of worms? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I think for EP as a profession in general, strength and conditioning should not be viewed as this separate form of exercise prescription it should be your exercise prescription base so s and c is really just learning how to appropriately prescribe exercise when it comes down to it at yep. the end of the day Fair. uh ep masters programs and i know a few of them are starting to um incorporate more of this into also the undergrad side of things but hopefully looking to do it in the masters programs um, starting to recognise the importance of being able to prescribe exercise, which sounds ridiculous, right? For yeah, exactly. A profession that's supposed to be the experts in that. Yeah. Um, starting to recognise the importance of applying the right principles at the right times. And obviously, there's, you know, no one's going to have to be prescribing high-end power training for, you know, granny down the road who just needs to be able to get back to walking or with a four-point. But there are elements of power training that you will still need to apply to that to that type of client. Yeah, exactly so, right. Um, it's it's just context and all relative. But I think that it definitely needs EP needs to go towards that to progress as a profession in general. Not do, just Musk. Do you find that the one of the main reasons behind that is that uni is still funded on research and not actual teaching? <laughs> Is that a question or a statement? Uh, a bit of both. <laughs> Your thoughts? So I know when I was at... So I, I did... I'm going to drop. I'm going to name drop. Shameless plug. Yeah. So I did... I taught a semester at RMIT um, last year. Um, and I had a great team. I don't have a PhD. So I sort of, I uh, think, you know, jumped on because I had a, had a spot to fill. Um... But even that, even the sort of the curriculum that I was sort of given from the year before was a lot of stats and a lot of theories and a, a lot of this. And I changed as much as I could, only knowing I was going to be there for a semester. But um, even when we were sort of like following on from that recruiting for access, we had uh, a couple of EPs apply and then a couple of EP students apply. And they, when we got to the practical side of the, the interview, so they sort of had two things to do. It was like, a bench press and a back squat or something and something and a lot of them had no idea how to appropriately set up for a bench press or you know you say like oh can you show us a clean and jerk and they had no idea what it was <laughs> which is okay like That's you know fine. like I, okay. I don't expect everyone to know how to clean and jerk but nah. you probably should know what a squat a, and a bench press yeah, yeah yeah so i think i think once if it ever happens, I understand that unis need to research because they, you know, they've got a big base and whatnot, but... Funding. Funding. <laughs> but if they, you know, I think it needs to be a little bit more towards teaching and then the outcomes that come from actually producing good 
people for the workforce and the industry yeah. should override figuring out whether enzyme 17.44 <laughs> actually increases mitochondrial adaptations or whatnot. Is that fair? <laughs> oh, mate, I couldn't agree more. And you talk to anyone that has been in the industry for, you know, plus, you know, two plus, four plus years, and it's an all too common story, isn't it? Students that come in, not just students, but people that have just recently graduated, not being able to do the basics. Um, and you're setting people up for failure. No wonder the, what, like, what is it? The rate of people getting out of the industry is like, I'm going to make a number up here. It's like 18 months or something. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's something crazy. I remember starting as a PT at Phoenix, which no longer exists, got bought out by Good Life. And thinking back, I'm like, I need to find every single person in my first six months and give them their money back. Because what I served up was <laughs> absolute rubbish. Yeah, and, you, and, you, and you realise that, yeah. and then you've got to start all over again. But if you can get people delivering a higher level of trash first year out, then you're doing well. Everyone's yeah. going to serve up a little bit of trash oh, to no, start no, off no. with. I was all about the battle ropes and, you know... So making people tired. Yeah, you know, a bit of kettlebell burpee high pull. Oh, yeah? It's mm. an interesting one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I just vomited in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, so your role at MFP takes up most of your time. Tell us a little bit of the stuff that you not do on the side, but makes up the other probably 20, 25% of your working week. Yeah. Um, so this year uh, took up a position with Williamstown um, as one of their three HPMs, which was a, uh, an interesting system to say the least. Mm-hmm. It worked because we had uh, like three really good people in those roles. Um, I don't think it's the optimal system, but it worked for what it was. But that was really good just to um, do a little bit more high-end um, return to sports stuff in that field um, and then start to work in with some higher level physios as well um, which I've since linked up with in private practice so it fed back into my role at MFP which is really good Um, and then yeah so after that season uh, disappointing to get knocked out in the prelim final by a point we had a kick with about 15 seconds to to win it Mm -hmm. Um, finished on no I didn't finish on top Richmond finished on top didn't yeah yeah yeah. Um, but yeah have since um, moved on and taken up a role with um, the Carlton AFL Women's VFL Women's um, as their uh, I don't even know what my title is it's like performance performance preparation coordinator or something basically I'm doing the rehab return to sports stuff and um, some speed change direction acceleration stuff as well as support the guys doing the the fizz prep stuff so really exciting and how did you who approached you with that role I know the answer to this but I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna gonna plug him because there's another VU alumni really yeah yeah I didn't know that yeah Yeah. so me and this man yep we were in each other's pockets for the whole undergrad Jesus that paints a picture yeah um yeah so Joshy Milner um who I initially started to do some stuff with down at Easton before I took the position with Williamstown. Uh, kept in contact, and then, yeah, I don't know, I think I just responded to one of his Instagram stories, and he was like, hey, bro, what are you doing next year? And I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to quit and just play footy. And then, yeah, sucked in. <laughs> sucked in. So, um, I guess, well, just with the new male high-performance manager signing on from Hawthorne, Rusty. Um, you two on... 
no, no, nickname no, no, basis, no, no. are you? No, but that's a way to get there. Oh, you okay. start with nicknames yeah, yeah. straight away. Anyway, um, <laughs> have you done? Have you started down there yet, or uh, not officially? So we start twelfth of November, um, but I've been down the last sort of four weeks just lifting with the girls on a Monday night, just okay. to get in amongst it. Yeah, and they're all um, yeah, they're all fantastic so far. It's, awesome. uh, the, my time with the men's was great, um, but yeah, the women's is a whole different ball game. They're um, yeah, good bunch. What and hungry? Yeah, what do you foresee as the greatest differences between, not so much the systems, because we know that the, the money is a little bit different, Yep. Uh, which I don't think that's going to be like that forever, but just as the women's game sort of kicks off at yep. an elite level, what do you, in an athlete and, you know, prep sort of, you know, system, what do you think the main differences are going to, you know, challenges are going to be between prepping a male and a female? Yeah, um, I think the biggest one that I've sort of identified and probably a lot of other people have as well is um, these girls have just missed out on you know whether it's 5 to 10 to 15 years of just fundamental skills footy skills motor patterning um, which is just fancy names for saying play really yeah. like yeah. just playing football they've missed out on this massive gap um, that they're now trying to make up for so and I have no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that that feeds into, you know, the higher rates of ACL injury and all that side of things. Um, whether it's, you know, the perceptual cognitive component of change of direction, whether it's not, not as strong, whether it's, you know, all that anatomical bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah higher, they, they're just, higher, higher Q angle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Higher Q angle, spare me. Um, yeah, they've just missed out on this, on this massive period of, of where they haven't been touching footies. So I think... Um, I can't say anything from a sports coaching point of view, but I envisage like, you know, just a lot of just basic skill work, skill work, skill work. And that's not to say these girls aren't talented. Some of them are athletic freaks. Like we've got a girl, she's an elite boxer. She's, she's got a massive fight this weekend, one week before um, preseason kicks off. So it's, it's such a unique environment um, and exciting environment um, that yeah, it's, it's gonna be a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, I think um, I think as more, I think there'll be a little, maybe a little bit decrease in quality as more teams come in. But as obviously the game is so much more exposure, you're gonna have more, you know, eight, nine, ten year olds going. Oh, you know, I get uh, my dream is to play yeah. AFL. Yep. Where you know five years ago that was never, you know, it was VFL, and that was it. So I think yeah, I think in the future you're gonna, in the immediate future you might see a drop off. A tad, um, but you know, like you said, as they play more, you know, you look at footy in the nineteen twenties, yeah, compared yeah. to now, yeah, it's exactly it's exactly the same thing. So yeah, yeah, no, I think you're definitely right with the playing thing, and I think they might with the injury rates, maybe a little bit of the mental cycle will come in. You know, like as males, where you know, testosterone's either high or low, depending on sleep, food, training, and females have a little bit more going on. Yeah, a little bit more change, you know. I think there's, I don't know the numbers, but there's a certain um, time in their menstrual cycle they're more likely to, you know, increase joint laxity, you know. And then you said it might be their a lower ability to change direction, and they ping, there goes an ACL and thing. So that leads in probably to the next question: ACL. Would that be your probably one of your main areas of interest? I know, big time on the gram. It's ACL, ACL, you got ACL, yeah. ACL group. Yeah, pump, pump it on Instagram, that's yeah. for sure. Um, 
yeah, it is. Oh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say it's an interest; it's a passion now, yeah, really. Um, that I've looked into it a fair bit. Um, I just think it's yeah, exactly what I was saying about return of sport before. I still think it's not done well enough in a private practice setting, um, and I think uh, we just yeah we underestimate how much. Uh, whoever it is coming out from ACL actually wants to get back and get better. A lot of these people are keen to, um, you know, get in the gym and, and really push themselves in their rehab to make sure it doesn't happen again because it's such a horrific injury and such a such a long process to get back from um, that I think, yeah, the more the more awareness that's been raised over the last, you know, three or five years or whatever it is, um, people have started to realise how much they need to put into it. They just need... The pathways and the resources to be able to do it um like we had a girl uh she was doing like she's like 14 weeks post yeah so she's been through all her landing techniques stuff yeah. all, all the boring stuff box jump all the necessary things and she's at the point now where she's like single leg box jumping 18 inches it's nuts uh it's awesome she's this big gangly netballer like i look at it and i'm like oh i don't even know if i should be letting her yeah, do yeah, that yeah. but she can do it um, and she goes, she turns around to me and goes, oh, I, the last time I got cleared to, from my opposite leg ACL, I could only box jump 18 inches, let alone single leg box jump. The That's issue. scary, man. That is scary. Yeah, 100%. Like, so, yeah. so there's Setting people up for failure. 100%. So there was a guy, uh, Jake, our exercise scientist, was, it was friends with, he was, a, he was a basketball, big V basketball, a junior big V order. Yeah. Uh, and he is, was getting treatment for his ACL. The person cleared him for jogging five months post-op because he had a tight cuff. <laughs> and I think that is Crack what up. I think that is what is wrong in this world. Is that and I think with with sort of what you've said, there's a difference between return to sport and return to performance. Yeah. You could return to sport four weeks post-op, sit in the goal square strap it up and just fend off yeah but there's a difference between performing and actually getting back yeah absolutely yeah and I think particularly for kids like youth athletes um like not only ACLs but just like injuries in general if we're only getting these kids back to like the acute to mid stage where you know pain's probably gone or they're tolerating it and they're back playing but like we're setting them up for future injury down the line like they're compensating they've been compensating for the last you know yeah. whatever it is four weeks yeah. two months that they've had this injury that pattern's only going to get ingrained from there and then you know you look at the relationship between ankle sprains and ACLs like yeah, we've just got to get these kids especially like um, further along the line and yeah more, more so towards that yeah, return to performance and yeah what are your thoughts on uh, non-operative ACL uh, don't know enough about it. Don't haven't, know about haven't, it. haven't researched okay. it enough. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Next question. I was hoping that would be a longer one. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, mate. No, no <laughs> I prefer you not talk rubbish like myself sometimes. Uh, yeah. Um, so, going back to EP, so you did your undergrad at VU? Correct. Yep. Where all the greats come from. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a bit <laughs> like that out there. Um, Exciting news coming there, by the way. Oh, really? Here yeah, we go. Yeah. I think he's going to drop gonna, something. Nah, nah. We'll Not just, yet. We'll save, it, wait. We'll save okay. it. Part two. Part two. Huh? <laughs> um, at what stage did you go, 
exercise physiologist. That is what I want to do. Was it during undergrad, during your masters, after your masters? At what? When did you go? Yeah, EP is what I want to do. I still don't know. You still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. Nah. Um, so undergrad was funny. It was like I took three, three and a half years to kick into gear. I was just, I was that kid that was just coasting through. Just didn't, didn't really know what was going on. Didn't put in that lot to be honest. And then sort of got to like the final year and a half, and I was like, oh, I should probably pull my finger out here. Um, and then, familiar. yeah, so like bumped up my grades with the view to get into EP because I was just talking to everyone and they were like, ah, oh, you know, it makes a little bit of sense, kind of interested in rehab, all that sort of thing. Thought sports, when did a placement at an AFL club, um, borderline hated it, um, more so to do with like, uh, you know, not the actual work itself, but other aspects of it other aspects of it um, skip over that yeah one exactly then. right um, and then went away from that I was like alright cool well maybe clinical is the way to go so did that did all my placement um, clinical hours in the clinical stream there at VU um, and then went and took a year off to just do PT which um, I maintain is still the best thing that I ever did to actually get some experience in just the private world and oh, prescribing oh, exercise day in day out better with than, clients that are paying you better than serving beers yeah exactly right um, which I've also done yeah but that's okay <laughs> there's too many people that do undergrad and yes. just yeah I work absolutely. it I, absolutely yeah anyway. yeah um, so yeah did that went back did my masters sort of looked at um, a few different things did some community health placement um, had a couple of junk supervisors there. Oh. <laughs> What a difference. Good old shout out to Monash Health Hack Team at Dandenong. My old hood. Uh, one, one, one good one, one shit one. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, went and did some uh, multi-trauma stuff at Epworth Hawthorne, which was super interesting and really cool. Um, oh, yeah, you were there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot about that. Uh, which, yeah, that was... If I was going to do anything pure EP, I'd probably do that. At, were you at Hawthorne? Am I willing to do eight years as an AHA to get there? Mm. Hawthorne, did you? Yeah, yeah, Hawthorne. Yeah, it was grouse. Um, and then, yeah, got up, got done after that, and I was like, all right, what do I do now? Um, and then, yeah, Mike came along with that sort of opportunity, like, I think it was like six months before I was finishing EP. So I started working there, pretty much doing EP stuff, rehab stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just kept going. I was like, oh, I can actually probably make something here and just create it instead of falling back on a job at IPAR uh, <laughs> or something like that not that there's anything wrong with that not there's anything wrong with that yeah I guess um, but yeah I was like oh fuck it I'll just try and you know do what I want to do for you know two three years see if I can make it work and then take another route if I need to yeah. so whatever makes you happy hey? and now we're here now we're here and finally now we're here. how long is it how long have I been handing you to come and help me out it's been a while yeah it's been a while it's been a while well you took a year to open so I tried to <laughs> So I've been handed. So I was I was the junk supervisor at that Monash Health Place. <laughs> was that I was your first student too? We were your uh, first round nah, of uh, direct students. Direct students. Direct yeah, students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was no real setup at Monash Health anyway. And I was, you know, it was my first. I went from a grade three AHA at the Epworth, learnt a whole heap out of there, out of both Hawthorne and Richmond. And then a job came up in Dandenong, and I was grade two EP. I, could, I had to take it, so I went there. And yeah, and uh, Mitch and, and Bailey were my first two students, and I was I was the most excited I've ever been. 
I'm like fresh mind. Uni teaches you not a lot. I'm going to teach you everything. And um, I planned all this like, okay, we're going to do lower back education here. We're going to do probably something you're not going to use, but like if someone has a heart attack in the clinic, what do you do and all this? And only half of it got done because um, public health can be somewhat unorganized. Um, it's generous. But from that point, I was like, this kid, I, I think I might, I'm like, okay, Mitchell Greaves, let's have a look on Facebook. I'm like, oh, all right, he's in German Oktoberfest outfit. I'm like, this clown <laughs> is going to be hard work. I think that's still my Facebook profile, yeah. actually, too. Um, Good times. But yeah, by the end of four weeks, four week placement, yeah. you sort of knew, yeah, like, okay, this kid's switched on. He knows what he wants to do. He's, he doesn't take life too seriously, so he's. He can relate. He's not going to be one of these academics that, you know, comes up with a theory and then doesn't know how to interact with a human. Um, so, yeah, and then, so when did you start, when did you come on board here? Like seven, eight weeks ago now? Yeah, yeah. Around? Around yeah, about? so yeah. when I tried to get him, he was living in Knox. And then he agrees when he lives on the other side of the city. Yeah, but go figure. Go figure. Go figure. Go figure. It's actually it's the same distance from Westfoot's Greater Knox as it is, yeah. Freeway, freeway the whole oh, way yeah. compared to um, you take out French Gully Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's fine. Yeah, lovely. Get to go home. Mum cooks me dinner on a Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. So go home factor. Hey, treat yourself. EPs and AFL players. Yeah. It's interesting. Go home factor. Okay. Plus you got the infrared sauna, so. Have you used it yet? That's the only real reason I'm here. <laughs> Have you used it? The free recovery. <laughs> free recovery. Have you used the sauna yet? Yeah. I've been using it every week. How good is there it? There you go. There's my theory. I'm testing your theory. How good is it? Jake told, Jake told me the first day the first day I came in here, he's like, oh yeah, if you really want to maximise the gains, oh, get in the infrared sauna versus yeah. recover quicker from the, um, the cold water immersion. I was like, all right, Jake, I'll take you up on that. Yeah, it's nuts. And, and I'm still skinny as fuck, so. Yeah, but it's relative. I compare against me. You look huge. <laughs> Um, have you had any like weird dreams from the sauna? In the sauna? No, or no, no. After, like after sauna. the sauna? Hard to say when you only sleep about six hour and a half. Yeah. Seven hours. So you've I... got the luxury dream. You, what do you sleep like nine, ten hours? <laughs> oh, you wait. You got four, what? Three, oh God, three, three kids now. I had a three hour sleep last night. Thought we were gonna have to take the baby to the emergency department. <laughs> but anyway, um, I did it. All the a lot of our members are like, oh, sauna. I've never slept so good. Yeah. I read a little bit of science, and it sort of sort of reprograms your sleep pattern and, and really? yeah and then I'm like oh, and I still haven't done enough research into it. I'm gonna have a I'll, you know test it out yeah seven days in a row I did it uh, the only time I can use it's really early in the morning so it's not as hot but you're still getting I think it's more the infrared day four uh, the three days before that the best sleep waking up really fresh but night four do you watch the block oh I occasionally watch all right, so the South Australian couple. <laughs> which, the, one, which one are they? Um, oh, he's like the real crafty builder. I can't remember <laughs> his name. And the, and the wife, she's blonde. Crowd favourite at the black right. household. Yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, I'm on a Qantas plane and she's a flight attendant. No. Yeah, like in, I'm having so a dream. Like... Right, I'm having a dream and it's, I feel like I'm on a plane. Anyway, the pilot starts barreling through Melbourne in this Qantas plane, and me and Terry, I think her name is, yeah. are just having a conversation. But it fe- I woke up in hot sweats because I thought, oh, 9-11 all over again. 
<laughs> like, it was it was so it was so vivid. vivid. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know there's a, probably a lot more units you know, so like the, in the wellness community could explain it better than I. But it was it was crazy, and no no funny no funny supplements, no, no nothing no else Essendon, going on there, no Essendon Footy Club stuff you didn't going on. Start a cycle on clean? No. no, nothing. And it was absolutely nice. Anyway, yeah. Wow, infrared sauna. Um, LSD or infrared nah, sauna? No, nah, yeah, yeah, maybe the, they were from Adelaide, the guys that installed it, so maybe they spiked <laughs> the wood. Um, so where where do you see your career going? Where do you reckon you're going to end up? Do you, do you think private practice or is it going to be an elite sport or a combination yeah. of the both? Yeah, well, I mean, if you had to ask me that two years ago, it wouldn't have been, you know, what I'm doing now, so... Who knows? Who knows? But um, I've, like, I've got a pretty good idea um, that I'll, I'm going to try and make you know private practice and the Musk, Musk stuff, return to performance stuff work. Um, so the, a lot of the stuff I've been doing over the sort of last six months, which they don't teach you at uni, um, is like just how to set yourself up working within a small small business or working as a subcontractor for a, yep. a couple of businesses. Yeah. Um, and that's been huge. Um, just sort of taking the pressure off like financially like going and setting up all those you know barefoot investors type stuff separate bank accounts yeah. and that sort of thing um, so I think if I can get my shit sorted basically from that from that perspective then I think private practice long term obviously it would be nice to get to the stage where you know you're earning a wage within a facility I don't really have aspirations at this stage to open my own um I kind of like working across a couple and working with different people, especially at this stage of my young career. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows if you know, AFL Women's does take off or something else comes along in that space that works, um, then, yeah, I'd, yeah, not sure. We'll see. Any interest to go overseas? Yep. I've always yep. said I want to go and work in, like, um, soccer or football yep. for a year or two overseas. Um, be kind of limited when you don't know another language so um, I don't know we'll see if that comes to fruition but um, yeah watch watch this space watch I suppose space. or don't you know whatever you want to do nah watch your space <laughs> he's got rid of the mo <laughs> it's not as disgusting I thought it was going to be a Skype or a video session so I thought I'd better clean nah, it was I starting s- to like curl over the lip I said oh can you come and do <laughs> can you come and do a podcast and he's like oh and then like he was, he's usually really quick on uh, getting back to me, it took a while, and I now I, and now I knew why. And he, now he's like, "Oh, it's just sound. I could have kept it." Um, Shaved it off for nothing. What is your what's your number one tip for an exercise scientist, strength and conditioning coach, PT, CrossFit coach, like whoever was trying to work in this return to sport uh, yep. industry? What, what are you telling them to do? What's number one, top of the list? Any of those, like any of those, practice what you preach. Like cannot emphasize that enough. The most that I learned in a shortest space of time, and I think I can still say that, is going and paying and outlaying actual physical cash that I'd earn to go and train under someone that was better than me. Yep. That, is, that is still the best thing that I've done. So, practice what you preach. Don't be one of those EPs that comes out and has you know no idea and exercise prescription or and any idea how to know stuff, um, on how to prescribe stuff. Because if you can't do it, the chances 
of you prescribing it wrong are pretty pretty damn high. So yeah, that would be my, my number one tip for sure. Um, do you have any mentors? Yep, uh, Michael Crichton, yourself. Um, fuck, I hope I don't leave anyone out, anyone out here. I've had some fantastic ones along the way. Um, Winter Chan, even for a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, she was good. Smart lady. Um, Super smart lady. Different space, and uh, we have some uh, some differences in opinion, but you know it's you get beauty. that with everyone. It's That's the beauty, the beauty of, of the it. industry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had some good, some really good people help me along the way, and yeah, won't forget that. So yeah. Are you mentoring anyone at the moment? Um, like, yeah. I kind of feel yeah, casual. I kind of feel like a fraud using that word but yeah, well, yeah I, I've I, got a couple of couple of people that providing advice to I, yeah definitely um, definitely provide advice to um, people that I believe in um, one young girl who's yeah EP as well um, and then uh, my SNC coach down at Knox who's running my program um, he's been fantastic so um, hopefully I can have yeah some sort of positive influence on on them and uh, yeah, steer them make in it, some sort of right direction. Make AEP great again. Yeah, could get that on a hat. Um, now, serious question. Oh, oh. Uh, working, you know, private practice. You sort of have mornings and you have late nights. You walk in to a place with a big silver machine. What coffee do you order? Because it's probably more important what coffee you drink then you know your principles on exercise prescription 100% if you don't have the coffee you're not prescribing any good exercise later on so <laughs> uh, it's, it's well known that my coffee order is a magic which uh, my barista tells me it's a double ristretto with I think three quarters milk he'll, he'll hate me if I get that wrong um, but it's supposed to be it's a very Melbourne thing um, the perfect amount of coffee to milk ratio so you're welcome. You're welcome. There you go. You're welcome. Last time I went out for coffee with you, you just had a basic flat white. Yeah. It, see, because you took me to the wrong place. I'm not going to name you. <laughs> if you if you walk in and you automatically don't trust the the cafe there, uh, you don't order magic. It's you know because they won't know what it is, and then yeah. it's like, well, I don't even want a coffee. The best coffee in this area, if it's a, it's sort of by you bypassing Nary. But one fine day in Beaconsfield. One fine day. One fine day. It's okay. only a little joint. Yep. Always packed. You can never get a Saturday, Sunday. Can it's hard to get a table because the food's good. But oh my, the coffee. Unreal. Oh, and this and I'm a soy, soy caramel latte type. Oh, it of must do, be good to get through. Do you know what that, I mean? Then. Like if you're just putting, you know, <laughs> that crap on there, you know, a bit of caramel syrup. This is straight. This is a straight coffee. It's, yep. it's really good. There you go, I'll have to check it out. It might uh, be uh, access to shout. Uh, yeah. On fine, on fine Sunday. On fine Sunday. On my fine day. <laughs> um, all right, so word association. I'm going to throw out some words. It's either, might, most of the time it's, you know, this or this. Had, Jake had a couple interesting answers. We're going to change it up for you. Oh, no. uh, dusty or Koch? Dusty. No, not, not even close? Koch, close? Oh, real close. Uh, okay. Love them both. Love but, them both. You can't have one without the other, but okay. if I have to choose one, Dusty. Yep. Uh, Koch makes Dusty, though. I will say that. Okay. Mentor. Uh, <laughs> keep on the straight and narrow. A <laughs> couple of stories there. We'll save for another day. Um, Someone's got to teach a man how to use chopsticks. 
Oh, yeah. Well, he's using it definitely the wrong way. Um, uh, deadlift or squat? Oh, really? It's like choosing children. Uh, deadlift. Deadlift? Yep. Okay. yep. Deadlift. Um, high socks or ankle socks? Depends on the shoe. If I'm wearing, if I'm at work, high socks. Uh, if I'm in casual, you know those like nice little ballerina. Yeah, the sockets. Yeah, sockets. Yeah, sockets. Yeah. Um, Don't run with ankle socks that much these days. No. It's dad life. When you run with the old ankle socks, you don't know where anything is because <laughs> you, you grab whatever you two can and find. a half year old is an absolute menace. <laughs> um. Mm, Nat Saunders. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say Nat Saunders? ACL. ACL. Yeah, netball guru, isn't she? How many kids you got now? Three. I got no idea. Three. She was great. Yep, legend. Um, that would be the second word that comes to mind. Legend, legend. yeah. A farmer's carry or a suitcase carry? Farmer's carry or suitcase carry? Suitcase carry down there, mate. Carry suitcase. What's, what's your farmer's carry? Well, farmer's carry is two. Oh, so you're talking, you're talking like single, like single, single arm, arm or double arm. arm, yeah. Double. Double? I get more out of double than I would a single. If I could only pick one. Do you serve my life? Well, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, you get, double. Yeah, double? double? Yeah. Okay. Um, get plenty of that extra trunk. Yeah. Any anti, whatever you want to call it, working elsewhere. Gotcha. Uh, broad jump, vertical jump. Mm, what's my athlete? Ice hockey player. Ice hockey player. Mm. Um, that's an interesting one. Just because I go, probably go horizontal. Yeah. Yeah, broad jump, broad jump. Yeah. I have to, I have to think about that one. Uh, Kia Rio or Toyota, Toyota Corolla? <laughs> Put it this way, I'd still have my Kia Rio if I had it. <laughs> Funny story about this Kia Rio that has blown up. <laughs> when did you do placement at Monash? Um, would have been 2014. So there was, uh, I wasn't working that day, was I? I had the day off. No, we were, because we went to... No, nah, because I, I had to drop... You me. had the day off, but yeah, we went to yeah. the PD thing yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you know, placement a bit different. There was a spinal cord injury in-service. Jess Hansen ran it from Neuromoves. Great work. Um... And Mitch, it's South Yarra. Was it Chubble Street? Chubble Street. I'm, Somewhere around there. I'm parked in, you know, it's like $50 for two minutes. Little multi-level thing. And Mitch gets a park right out the front. It's like 8.30 in the morning. I was licking my lips going, how like, good is this? Uh, yeah, and then we go in, we learn a little bit. It was interesting, you know, how to load the legs up. We come off, come off the plinth a little bit more. It was pretty interesting. Come back out. Mitch can't find his car. Where'd you park it, Mitch? Uh, over there. And there's a massive dirty gap. Not massive, but Kiara size gap. You look up at the sign, tow away. You, that was a Friday as well, and you had to be somewhere on Friday night. How much, how long did it take you to get your car out of the tow in Collingwood? Out of the... How much time or how much money? Both. Oh, God knows. God knows. I can tell you I wasn't happy about it, though. So it's been a nice bloke, driven Bailey in. 
still had to pay for this PD, by the way. Uh, it was $30. It wasn't, was 30, wasn't in the Monash budget, apparently. It was $30. <laughs> and then it landed the Dream Park and then bang, car towed. From that point, would you not think that maybe you're cursed? The carrier should just disappear? Uh, no, I just think I need to read road signs better. To be fair, though, why do they have to have five signs? Like It does say... It is setting you up for failure. But, it, yeah, but if you can't... It's just, you know, just... They're designed, they're designed to trick you. Designed to trick you. I'll never do it again. Yeah, but I, it's just I, like, I'll spend five minutes reading the road but signs. But it's, like, it's just like the body when, it's, when it says... I've got a sore knee and it comes from the hip and you just got to you know get through all the info and find out what it actually is it was toe as it uh, it's not a bad analogy on that note bad. we'll leave it there drove me home that day by the way I did in the in good the man Calais good man um, I'm not sure how happy you were about it but yeah that's oh, good <laughs> um, thanks for coming on the podcast my pleasure mate it was, it was good busy afternoon um, we'll get you on again probably maybe end of next year when Harry wins a BNF. He won't be getting close. And, um, All he does is bodybuilding these days. He's too thick to win a BNF. And your sister comes to the Mighty Rangers and captains. Anyway, thanks Mitch. Um, good luck with everything and we'll talk soon. Thanks, man.